2: Thank you for listening to talk me into the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like this week it's powers my name is jeff and the first and only time i cosplayed it was as diamond from powers my name is dan and my
0: soul is old enough that i carry around a pocket full of werther's originals
1: (laughs) my name is jimmy and a global pandemic didn't really change my day-to-day life a lot
2: (laughs) dan I, I, we gotta go to Dan's first Oh yeah Because first of all His is the least interesting <laughs> And second of all I am convinced That 30% Of all of his Fun facts Or talk myself into Are just things That he's doing At the moment Because yep. he forgets I don't think That's written down As a fun fact I it's think. Not. Yeah, you just reach into it. He walks into the room and he goes, Werther's Original? And I was like, no. And then he dropped it on the floor and ate it anyway. That's true. <laughs> and then 30 seconds later, his fun fact is, I'm an old soul because I eat Werther's Original. No, you just you just like boring candy. Um, I do like Werther's Originals. And I, 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 yeah. was, I felt like I an mean, old man. I was at the grocery
0: store. They're not bad. And I was like, I, I would like something sweet, but that's not like very bad for you. Like a hard candy, which in and of itself is an old person like idea. It is. So I go down the candy aisle and I'm like, hmm, where there's originals. And then I was like, Mmm, they come in sugar free. Ooh, that's <laughs> those like, are gross. I'm probably like, like chemically. the only person under sixty who's bought these. Yeah.
1: Oh
2: yeah, absolutely. One hundred and fifty percent. They're delicious though, guys. Mm, <laughs> I don't I don't F with sugar free. <laughs> is that all we're saying? I, I don't I guess so. all sugar all day. <laughs> I don't know. I thought mine was pretty thematic, but you don't want to talk about it. That's I don't cool. remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that I cosplay as Diamond. You oh, were yeah, there? I was there. Yeah. And you were Comic-Con, right? No, it was the fur. It was Philly. Our second Comic-Con I don't know ever. if I
0: would really co- call that cosplay, though.
2: No. So You weren't I- wearing like a spandex uniform. <laughs> no, I had a black t-shirt and I painted the Diamond logo <laughs> in yellow on it. Which, which now really- they probably sell that. I don't think it. Feedy designs got, probably. I think at one point they did. Yeah, but I went to go get um, some Powers comics signed, and they were both there: uh, Bendis and Oming. Who at the time, like, they Bendis wasn't at the level he was now. Yeah. Right. But now he was just missed, like
1: now he's They the were just sitting
2: at a table together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, just like people. Yep. And I got issue one signed. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Jim, what was
1: yours? uh i don't even remember oh that my day-to-day life hasn't really changed much since oh, the yeah. no, pandemic it hasn't i still have to go
2: to work every single day
1: same because i'm essential it's funny because i listen to a lot of like podcasts or like watch a lot of youtube channels and they're all talking about like how they're like quarantined and stuff it's still. like because you don't have to because like you don't have a real job you're a youtuber yeah,
2: yeah but even people with real jobs are like still working from home and i'm yeah.
1: like
2: that's that would be so nice to still be doing yeah there's no reason for me to be in an office i would say mm, maybe
0: like three fifths of my company is working from home and it's so frustrating because i'm not allowed to so like we just had our free like corporate flu shot and yeah. all these people that i haven't seen in like six months just came <laughs> in in like jeans and t-shirts
2: and we're like hey how's it going and i was like they get the f out of here did they relax your dress code <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah they did mine too well like it just stinks because like it's much i do a better job at work it's harder to work from home mm-hmm. but like i don't want to be with all these gross people walking around without masks at least you got to like do it for a little while yeah i never got to yeah jimmy this is a i wanted this to be a fun episode we were gonna have
1: fun and look what you I'm did the worst well by the time this episode airs maybe the pandemic's over <laughs> jk that was a good one this week and every week we are going to be talking ourselves into things just a little segment of the show that we do all the time that uh just fun to do
2: (laughs) we are going to be as sounds like it
1: already so um yeah this week i have been trying to talk myself into using an emulator which is um, like nesticle um i'm using it's actually a um it's a physical handheld that i have oh look at this guy, and um i have no idea what any of this means basically an emulator dan if you're not in the know is a different way to play video games so you don't have to use a console but like say i wanted to play like super mario bros but i don't have a nintendo so you can go onto a program on an any or uh on a computer or whatever be like hey i want a nintendo emulator basically it'll you can download roms and then play them on them so I
2: downloaded the torrent ones that had every single Nintendo game ever made, including wow. Japanese ones and people who modded them. That's so there, cool, I actually. played Super Mario with like Sonic. It was cool.
1: <laughs> that's pretty sweet, actually. But um, it does sound a little illegal, but it's not because theoretically, if you own the video game, or say like I have like a game called Paper Mario <laughs> and I want to play that on, on an emulator. It is legal because I own the physical car- cartridge, which means I own the ROM. So I could mm-hmm. download the ROM and play it on an emulator and it is legal. What's um, the
0: benefit if you already own it?
1: Um, well, that's what I like about. I have a handheld version now mm-hmm. so I can play this on the go or uh, play it in HD. Um, people can do ROM hacks and do different like things with it. And, but, uh, I wanted this handheld. It's called a retroid pocket two, which is basically like in the shape of a game boy advance. It's really nice. Um, but I'm still like sort of tackling with it because like games aren't running exactly how I want them to. Uh, sometimes you need to like um, uh, get rid of some background process. Sometimes they run too
2: well, so you yeah, have to like run a program way that fast. like takes up memory.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm sort of toying with right now. Um, I've had it for a couple weeks now, but I just haven't really had the time to mess with it because uh, I've been working and talk me into stuff or like the video for Ian, my own personal project. So I, it's sort of on the back burner right now but trying to talk myself into using it it's a really nice product i was planning on doing a video for it but i'm too lazy so i'm not going to mm. dan what are you talking yourself into
0: i'm talking myself uh you know in the past i've mentioned to you guys that i'm sort of getting back into comics a little bit more yes <laughs>
1: yeah a lot
2: but i but- Behind me, what I can see.
0: Yeah, but I I'm talking myself specifically into getting into more what I would consider like grown up comics. Okay. So less like superheroes and stuff, which is funny because if you know me, I used to have a comic book policy, which is that if there aren't characters wearing capes and punching <laughs> things, yeah, punching things, I didn't want to read them. Well, luckily Powers has capes and punching. Yeah, um, but I started a new comic called Getting It Together, which is just a straight up romantic comedy comic. Okay. There's no action. It's just about a group of friends who are sort of like in intertwined relationships and also play in bands together.
1: This mm-hmm. sounds like a comic that Dante would have read on IC three, and, and, and would I would have made fun away. of yeah. 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 endlessly.
2: <laughs> I agree, and destroyed him for lifestyle choices, for hobbies. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I enjoy it though.
0: It's really good seeing, like, especially like the art is really interesting. It manages to like feel very. um Uh, energetic without having like action sequences Mm. so just like there's a lot of life in the characters faces like the way they're acting is drawn really well and stuff sounds good i'm also like considering rereading and continuing on with a series called sunblind or something
2: he's he's not looking looking. it up but he's looking for it yeah i don't even know where it is yeah i can't find it well i would recommend i would recommend uh, obviously i need to reread it
0: but Oh, oh, it's right here. Sunstone. It's put out by Image Comics. <laughs> it's just <laughs> making shit up. It's a series about... Uh, I love this series called Sunstones. <laughs> it's a series about a woman uh, like sort of dipping her toe into the world of S&M and sub-dom relationships. Oh. Oh. You like comics
1: about that, huh? Yeah, you
2: sure do. Oh, it's interesting. It's a whole new world, as it Ariel is. said. Yeah. Well, I would recommend a series from Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly. Called the New York Four. I
1: remember you talking about that. Nice yeah.
2: It's like that a lot, and it's very good. Okay. Mm.
1: You did berate mm. them about that book, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, because
2: Adam got me into it because right. Brian Wood wrote
1: Northlanders. And... Uh, this is a weird thing. I don't remember why you, why I remembered it, but you're like, I like how New York feels like a character. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then Dan was and like, then Dan says, yeah. berated me, <laughs> yeah. for that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm an old man now. Yeah, I sure. want to read that. Actually, it sounds really it's good. Good. Jimmy, I already talking? did it. Oh,
2: Jeff, I'm talking myself into baby classes.
1: Oh, baby,
2: everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this baby's important or something mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, my wife and I for the last few weeks have been going to baby classes. We've gone to four out of five. Is so there far. an official name for these baby baby classes? Uh, the first one was uh like baby health mm-hmm. and first aid and uh. So they're not Our just like safety. Uh, they're not just like those what are the Lamaze classes? It's like that but Lamaze is a a certain type of breathing style but they do have that like the this one is um the there's the first one was about going into labor and like pre-labor mm-hmm. and what to expect for the mother, or the father, um and setting up a lot of like, you know, this is like what the baby's doing during mm. pregnancy and growing and then the second or the third week was uh, all right this is what a perfect birth looks like no problems no complications and then last week was this is what happens when things go bad and you need a c-section and all that and then uh next week is like postpartum and uh like what comes after is there is there like practical stuff like this is how to install a car seat yeah yeah the first one was practical that's nice so they have, show yeah. you how to do it oh we we got a blow up baby <laughs> so and i was like I mean, so the room we're in is kind of big and there's like four couples compared to 12 because of COVID, everything's right. super safe. But then they're like, all right, take your baby out of the box and blow it up. And I was like, I don't really want to blow in this class. But yeah, but I mean, um, yeah. So you just like blow it up. They tell you how to do CPR on it. And like, you got to press real hard on that little baby. Yeah, um, I learned that as well. So we have a car seat, but we're not getting it installed yet. We have to get our cars detailed. So they were doing installations in, in the parking lot afterwards, but we didn't have it. So I just buckled the blow up baby into the seat and thought it was your baby is now dead yeah and uh it was there for like three weeks and (laughs) i was like if people look in here they're gonna like smash a window so (laughs) i probably should deflate this baby and put it in a box
1: that's pretty funny yeah
2: i've learned a lot i have an inflatable leonardo at home can i just (laughs) use that learned a lot i'll forget a lot hopefully i'll never need to use the first aid stuff but yeah yeah, it's good to to have to know yeah how you have to like hold the head and stuff
0: i learned all that stuff too jeff so if you're ever having a problem just drive from your home to my home (laughs) in naugathug and i'll perform cpr (laughs) that's a bit too
2: late (laughs) at that point but thank you for the offer you're welcome jimmy dan jeff
0: (laughs) (laughs) he said his own name
1: that was was really funny though
0: this episode jeff and i are talking into a comic book series that we really love according to jeff it's his favorite comic book series it probably is yeah um came out several years ago i remember in 2000 wow that old yep i must have gotten into it later yeah um i think i started reading it when you started collecting the trades Mm -hmm. in like 2006. Yeah, I got into
2: it. So I was a security guard for a little while. We should say it is powers. I don't think I said that yet. Yeah, powers. Yeah, we've talked about, it's the episode. We've mentioned it many times. Powers. Um, I was a security guard for a little period of time, and I had two jobs at the time. And as a security guard, I was making $9 an hour, and I was working at Subway making like $8 an hour. So I was rich, (laughs) living with my grandma, saving all that money. Um, and you know, at the time I had a flip phone and it had like solitaire on it and blackjack. So I would just go to work, play that game for hours, listen to a really bad AM radio and like, you know, coast to coast AM or whatever local stuff is on, um, overnight. And I would go to Richie's comic cabana in Waterbury, Connecticut, maybe like twice a week and just like buy two trades every time I was like, Hey, what's good. I have time to kill. I want to read stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would one day he just had volume one of powers there. And uh, he was like, we just got this in. <laughs> he didn't tell me anything about it. And I was just like, cool, I'm going to buy this. So I bought it. It's, it's a pretty thick volume <coughs> and uh which uh, issues one to six are in there. I think there's more in there as well, but I read it and I was like, this is awesome. Mm. So I went on like Amazon or eBay at the time And I bought like the next two trades, got those in. I was like, this is awesome. And Jimmy knows this from our previous podcast. I, uh, they were used from a library and I think volume three had penises drawn in front of every male character's face and pencil. That was great. (laughs) So that's how I, I, uh, I got to read powers. But then afterwards I was lucky. I won an eBay bid for every single issue, including issue one from 2000 up until 2007, that point for like twenty three dollars oh that's won, awesome which is insane and then i eventually filled in the gaps right. after and bought every issue until pretty much the end um so like yeah i got issue one i got it signed by bendison oming i got it framed it's really nice but yeah that's my introduction to it and dan we'll, we'll get into what it is soon we will we will but how did you get into it just from the trades that i had yeah i think um you were just talking about it seemed like a cool concept um, yeah i've but, I've lent that first trade out to so many people. I actually don't know if I still have it, mm-hmm. but uh it is available at my local library, so I downloaded that
0: yeah, so um the basic conceit of it is that powers takes place in a world where superheroes are real and exist
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um at varying degrees of good and evil okay. uh, and because they exist in the world, there needs to be a division of policing that specializes in protecting mm-hmm. and serving the superhero community okay so that's the powers division or the powers bureau
1: makes sense yeah
0: yep. so uh powers follows two detectives uh dina pilgrim and christian, christian walker walker yep as they investigate uh powers related crimes. So it's uh it's sort of reminiscent there's there's a few things that, that sort of like to take the idea of traditional
2: superhero comics and thrust them into real world settings like, like we see boys. with the boys right yeah. and like I got back into comics as an adult maybe 2004 or 5 so this is kind of right after i really got back into comics and i was all about capes and stuff and i love that me too and this was the first series i read and i mean this did come out in 2002 so this was at a point when comics were still like that's a kid's thing like the x-men movie had just come out you know it wasn't like a huge mainstream thing and this took the genre of superheroes for me and brought it 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 aged with me like Mm. i'm like oh this is for adults too there's really graphic gore <laughs> violence uh graphic sex um not not really done tastefully but i mean that's the enjoyment of it um and there is there there's a huge lore like going through the whole story and i don't want to say too much now because i don't want to give certain things away i don't remember what's in or when certain things start it yeah, is there's, there's definitely a big twist in this first yeah there's some huge series Okay. Crazy moments like what
0: I would just dis- like how I've described it to people in the past is um, basically like inserting superheroes into a police procedural. Okay. Because it's definitely set up especially the first few story arcs are set up like um, like a true crime podcast or like a true detective mm-hmm. even like an adult if CSI was was on HBO something like that. Okay. It feels like a police investigation thing that is
2: involving superheroes and supervillains. But it does have like a lot of emotional beats, too. It is a character study mm-hmm. as well.
0: Okay. Well, like all those good police procedurals, um, it delves really deeply into the personal lives of the detectives right. that are focused on and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think I think you're really going to enjoy it. I mean, there's not a lot not to like about this. It an inspired no. sort of a whole genre of comic storytelling.
1: Yeah, this came before the boys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Oh yeah. And it
2: led to a TV series that I've never seen. Yeah, yeah I've heard so mixed things there about was it. there was a pilot for FX that was made and never picked up. And then the there was a pilot made and picked up to series for PlayStation Network,
1: yeah, weird. which
2: didn't work. So unfortunately, the series it ran for two seasons. It was the which, which I was only, shocked to read. It about. was the only show ever on the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. There were no other shows yeah. at all. There was nothing. And I watched the first season. I never watched the second season, mm. but um not great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, whatever. We're talking about the comic. Uh, the comic is great. And um, the, it's not really like a timely thing cuz this has been on my list forever but the series did just conclude after 20 years um uh, a graphic novel best day ever was released brand new story to close out the entire mm-hmm. the entire arc which we should say seems quite impressive but there's been a lot of time off in it between. Is. I've
1: heard yeah. that, right? Is that they take a lot of hiatuses? Yeah, there
2: were a bunch there were some renumberings and volume changes but the story has followed one continuous story. Right. Right. There's been
0: soft reboots but they haven't like
2: hard rebooted. Yeah, right. it's been about 3 years since the se- the last issue came out so best I ever compiles the last two issues of of the last volume that were never compiled and then it finishes out the story. Okay. And and I just read it and I'm really looking forward to going back to the beginning Because it's been so long since right. I've read any of it Okay <laughs>
1: So we're gonna <laughs> right. uh, okay, yeah. read
0: that Read the first six issues Yeah, the, That story arc is called Who Killed Retro
1: Girl Is that like in the first trade I'm assuming Yep, yep. it's okay. written
0: by Brian Michael Bendis And drawn by Michael Avon Omen
1: Cool, I'll uh, see where I can find that Yeah, and then read yeah. it Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Power! Power! We're talking about powers today, guys. Yeah. The uh, comic book by uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Avon Oming. Who, for some reason, is now Mike Avon Oming. Have you experienced this,
0: Jeff?
2: What? No, I haven't.
0: I noticed when I went to uh, coincidentally order a collection of powers. Yes. A hardcover collection. uh, He was listed as Mike Avon Oming, and Mm. I've seen that a couple other places, Mm. too. Wild. Weird decision. Jimmy. Yeah, your Actually, first I heard that he's going by Mikey A.O. now. Mikey A.O.? <laughs> Mikey A.O. Uh, this is your first time reading Powers. It was, yeah. We asked you to read the first six issues. And did we talk you into it? <laughs> Who killed Retro Girl? And we're going to be spoiling those first six yes. issues.
1: Yeah, we are.
0: First off, how'd
1: you get your hands on Powers? Uh, I read it digitally through the Kindle app on my Cell phone, okay. Hmm. Um, which I think is a new way that I'm going to start reading comics because it was actually really nice. Yeah, it goes panel by panel, and you that's swipe what I was wondering. And yeah, it's really nice.
2: I have an app through my library called Hoopla, and it does the same thing. Dan, uh, how'd you read it? I read it in a hardcover collection. No. Yeah. I read it. I so I have the trade and as I mentioned I've borrowed I've let people borrow it so many times mm-hmm. I could not find it I was like is it in my guitar bag I let people that I used to play in bands with in there, could <laughs> not find it so then I was like let's dig out the singles baby because I got issue one signed in like this hard case yeah. nice. and I found them all and I couldn't find issues three and five and I was like this is an atrocity to man so yeah. <clears throat> I read issues one, two, four, and six on single issues and I read the other ones digitally and it was really fun
0: Nice. The only reason why I bring up um, format so early mm-hmm. <clears throat> is because I had forgotten this about powers, but as soon as I started reading it, I remembered it again. Maybe this is just me, but I, I have a difficulty with panel flow in these comics. Did you notice any of that?
1: I didn't because Kindle I legitimately... Forced forced me well, no, because yeah. even
2: in my app, because of the way that Bendis, who's the letterer mm-hmm. in these issues, which oh, is really? interesting... Um, they play with the format a lot, yeah. which I like about this, because at this time too. in comics, you know, people have always done that, but now we're, this is 20 years ago, so we're used to seeing... So not like always, these, well, I just mean, in the recent last 20 years. Well, I mean, <laughs> in that time, people have played right. with it even more. But they were sort of leading that charge. Right, this was the first comic, when I read this, that I read, that was like this very verbose, like Kevin Smithy dialogue, mm-hmm. and there's a flow to it, and sometimes it go in ways that your eyes don't naturally read comics right. so yeah i could see that
0: there's also like a weird thing where sometimes um there's splash pages that go across so you would treat a double splash right. page as one feet you know one page yep. and then sometimes they're not they're independent so mm-hmm. i was just wondering if your kindle app solved that and apparently it did
1: yeah no it was really nice it, like even like on those big splash pages it would show the splash page first and then, and then go in. in yeah yeah it was really um, nice.
2: and and the colors on this were done by pat Garrahy and because i went back and forth between paper and digital on the paper i remember just because like it was image comics in 2000 and it wasn't glossy paper which most comics are you know now yeah it was just like this flat kind of matte paper and the colors they pop but they're kind of dull Mm. when you read it on paper but that's what i liked about it because it really set that like grimy but also yeah but also like Car- saturday morning cartoon feel mm-hmm. and when i switched over to digital for those two issues i was like wow this is bright and yeah. colorful <laughs> it's it's almost a totally different tone oh that's um, interesting but the the recent issues that came out uh the best ever that's more bright just because printing has changed right. over the last 20 years
0: yeah i um the i'm reading them from a hardcover collection called powers the definitive hardcover collection I'm guessing
1: that's on glossy paper
0: right it is yeah yeah um, but I think we should just get into it now. Let's so get into it, then. This baby. first arc is sure. called Who Killed Retro Girl? Yeah. So in my opinion, it's uh, less about the mystery and more about getting to know the world and the characters. Exactly, yes. yeah. yeah. So, Jim, what, what did you think of the first issue, the introduction, all that stuff?
1: So, the first issue is um, basically our introduction. Right off the bat, we get to Christian Walker, yep. who is our protagonist. Of the show or comic book, whatever it's called. <laughs>
2: Let's stick with the comics.
1: Yeah, it's it's the comic. Um, from there, he's he uh, he gets called into basically this. Uh, I'm guessing a super powered
2: person. Yeah, it's like a hostage situation. Yeah, hostage, hostage
1: negotiation of, with power. Yeah, and,
0: and the power has requested him personally.
1: Yep. Um, and then from there, he's uh basically like trying to negotiate. And, um, as soon as he gets in, he finds the little girl that's sitting there. I don't remember her name. Calista. Sure. Um. So it
0: was a man who had, uh, had a fight, a domestic disturbance with his girlfriend. Yeah. And she had disappeared and he was holding the little girl hostage, the woman's daughter. Yes. And, uh, as Christian
1: like sort of kicks the door in. Yeah. He takes off, I guess with a jet pack or something. Yeah. The guy. And, um. And then all of a sudden now Christian is now in charge of uh, this little girl.
2: Right. And, and important things happen. So in retrospect, you might not have picked up or yeah, thought it was a big They
0: dropped job, a little hint
2: there. Yeah. Oh. He, he's mentions like he he personally asked for Walker so that he could tell him that Wolf is behind this. Well, and oh, close right. to that. Walker well, I mean, says
0: like, I don't know you. Why did yeah. you request me my name? Right. And the guy says, well, when I was in jail last time, I was talking to this guy, the Wolf, and he right. said, if you ever get in deep. And you need, like, someone, you need help, ask for Detective Christian Walker, because he's soft on people with powers.
1: Oh, yeah. So
0: then, but yeah, I think uh, for the plot of this arc, you're right, Jim, the main takeaway is that he ends up with Callista. Yep. Um, He tries to do the right thing and send her to, like, Department of Children's Services or something. Yeah. But they've been blown up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for the time being, he's sort of stuck with her.
1: Yeah. And then um, after that, then we get a very dramatic introduction to Dina Pilgrim. Yes. Who is uh, Christian's new partner. She's a little chatty, Kathy, ain't she? And I can't believe they somehow pulled off a zoom out in a comic book. Yep. If you guys noticed that. I was like. How is that possible? <laughs> like you're putting like cinematography into a comic book. Yeah, there's, it was really a, there's cool. a lot
2: of a lot of little panels and you're zooming out and yep. later on when we meet Trip Hammer, they do the same thing kind of. So when you read it digitally and you were clicking through, yeah, it's going back between like Dina and Trip Hammer and it's the exact same drawing, oh, but like it's a little bit. So when you're clicking, it's kind of funny. But then yeah. when you like look at the whole page, you can see that like your yeah. brain just makes it work. Yeah. Like you're watching a movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was really cool. I like how they did that. And um, so she's going to be uh, Christian Walker's new partner. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously Christian's not <laughs> super, like, down with that because he barely knows her, doesn't know anything about her. Yep. And um, and then uh, from there, I That's don't That's pretty much
2: the first, first. issue. It's yeah, it did separate it. It Well, didn't the separate issue it from ends me, with the so big right
1: the big
0: reveal so they, they get issue the call, one right. ends with the call they show up to the scene oh a retro, retro girl is dead. dead yeah and that very famous panel that has shown up throughout the course of this series
2: it goes through the finale yeah so it comes wow. back yeah it's it's a huge
1: thread throughout yeah. uh it's a great panel too it looks really good that splash page i thought was great
0: so for some reason the whole tone of this arc and we'll, we'll get to this more but it's definitely starts with this reveal of the crime scene. Sort of sets this, to me, this first arc reminds me a lot of a superhero version of the movie Seven.
1: I yep. haven't seen that.
2: You've never seen Seven? Wow, you went Put to, it on the list. You went to school for <laughs> film, yeah. and you never saw S.E., the number seven, E.N.? I've never heard of it. What's in the box, Jim? you would never heard of Seven with no. Brad
0: Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey, directed Mm-mm. by David Fincher? Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. No. Wow. Well, wow. anyways, it's a gritty noir detective uh, movie about
1: wow. a
2: serial killer. <laughs> okay. Um, Jeff, did you make any of those sort of connections, or is that? Just no, me? I can see that. I didn't think of that, but now that you say it, I can agree with you. So, issue
0: two. Um, now we're starting to get into the retro girl case. We're mm-hmm. starting to pour over clues, right? Try to solve this mystery.
1: Is this the the issue where they start? Um, the like- autopsy. Oh, right. The autopsy does happen,
0: which brings about what I like about powers and Jeff, I'm sure you could speak to this even more is how they look at some of the, the small details of like, does anyone actually think of what you would have to do if these people existed in our world? Like, how do you perform an autopsy on someone whose skin is (laughs) hard as diamond Mm -hmm. and just like those types of things, the, the, um the mortician whoever he is the the da- doctor yeah. is basically like not only like do i have problems actually like cutting through her skin i have nothing to compare her to we don't know if she's yeah. an alien if she's a mutant like it's not like i could look at someone's blood and say oh this is normal blood or this is problematic blood
1: yeah i, I thought it it was funny that um they do sort of like bring it into the real world like that i think yeah. that it helps it ground it a little bit better mhm and uh, it's not like the D.C. superhero is like they're not going to get an autopsy, you know. Right.
0: Like um, they've sort of addressed some of those things with Superman, like how does Superman cut his hair? But it's right. never really been definitively right, like yeah. said.
1: Isn't there like a certain amount, like certain day, a certain time of the day where you can get a haircut or something? I've heard different things. Yeah.
2: But uh, this issue highlights what I love about uh, the format of comic books and people who use it creatively because the entire issue at the bottom of every single page is a news scroll. Yep. So you're going, yeah, you're that's, going that's through the day from our characters. Right. Perspectives. And you're also seeing how the world is looking in at retro girl who was a, it's like, imagine if Superman died, that's who she is right. in this world. That's yeah. the stature that she has. I was thinking there's more of a wonder woman parallel. Yeah.
0: That you see, especially with her costuming, her gauntlets yeah. and stuff
1: and what she represented. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: But, um, it's interesting. Also, This entire arc takes place over, I believe, two days because that news footage keeps coming up and Mm -hmm. they're on day two of their... Mm -hmm. 24-hour coverage of the retro girl tragedy, which in and of itself is a commentary on the 24-hour news cycle right. yep. and how we turn like
2: horrible things into entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was before 9/11, when that really became wow. A yeah, finish. that's true. Huh? That's that's before the that's scroll crazy. at the bottom of the screen actually existed. Yeah, or ticker or whatever. It's and called. Jim, just to yeah. give you an idea, this
0: definitely continues through the series. Uh, one of the shows we see in this news cycle is the powers that be.
1: Yep. And yeah.
0: That sort of becomes a commentary on the superhero community and stuff mm-hmm. throughout the series. Yeah. The ep- issue two is also the Johnny Royale issue. If I'm Johnny correct. Royale, Zora's introduced. Yeah. As a main character, would you think about um, broadening this superhero community and seeing their uh, Walker and Pilgrim's interaction with it?
1: Um, I liked when Zora showed up because um, Dina was immediately like, how do you know her? Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. Uh, so we get a little bit of like oh, mystery with Christian. Um, but I like that it's from because when you're reading comic books, it's always from the superhero's perspective. Mm-hmm. There's very little where you get like like the the detective, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked how they flipped it. I like how it's sort of like a meeting with Batman and Jim Gordon, but you're reading it from Jim Gordon's perspective.
0: Yeah, except Jim Gordon would have a secret.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. As we're going to get into. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting. Um, I, I liked when the superheroes showed up or the super powered people because they're not necessarily all heroes and stuff. And at one point, too, I, I think it might be an issue three. I don't remember. It didn't tell. It didn't tell me, but. When they were interviewing all the uh the superheroes that was issue
2: three yeah yeah
1: um they went to like literally it was just a panel after panel of every superhero and,
2: and there, then... were, there was a lot of real image comics characters in there
1: mm-hmm. oh is there really I didn't savage know that.
2: dragon um
1: that's madman
2: cool. night hawk i believe yeah actually one of the special features Dark, in
0: my Dark big Kong. definitive hardcover collection is called uh issue three cameo shout outs (laughs) and they literally go through and name every one of those characters and who created them and interestingly because they're all image comic book characters All those creators get a royalty from powers. Oh,
2: that's good. Yep,
0: good because they're all creator owned. That's a cool
1: idea. That's that's pretty well.
2: Also, in the single issues, there's a lot of back matter in every issue Mm. that I always loved. Like Mm. especially when I picked up the old issues when I was first getting into it, and getting new issues, there's always behind the scenes stuff. Like what's coming out this time? Let's talk about this issue, or just like kind of like Saga does in the single issues. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool.
1: (laughs) Very cool. So uh,
2: we also find out,
0: I'm getting the issues mixed up myself. Maybe it's issue four. When do we meet Trip Hammer, Jeff? Issue
2: three. Okay. When they're interrogating people and they go to him because he's a suspect. Right.
1: Yeah, I don't think there was like a big thing that happened at the end of issue two unless I'm like forgetting something. But well, there is. Well, the
2: Johnny Royale is taken into custody by the douche cop. Yeah. Yeah, And Dina goes into like that. Mob hideout, and she's just like a badass and like kicking people's asses.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Dina is awesome. Yeah, we also get Dina's first questioning of Pilgrim. She's like, Do you have powers? And he's like, No. And she just like spin kicks him and he falls down and he gets real mad. He's like, Don't ever sucker punch (laughs) me again.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. I love their dynamic too. I think they're great.
0: Just as a little aside, I have a strong feeling that that was written to be a punch and then Michael Oming changed it to a kick. Because throughout every other reference, yeah, they call it don't Hmm, hit me,
2: don't punch me, all that stuff. There's a lot of foreshadowing in this, too. I don't want to spoil anything for Jimmy, but Dan, did you notice when they were talking to Zora about um, maybe it was not Zora when they were talking about retro girl and they said that like she's just like this idea that goes on. And oh yeah well that been.
0: also shows up um on the powers that be oh okay. there's a guest who's like i have a theory that yeah there's always been a retro girl that, that, yeah i think it was Uh-oh. that
2: not zora i was confusing it because they were both being interviewed
1: on and TV. that comes
0: back more in episode issue six i'm yeah. sure we'll get to yep mm-hmm. but um so trip hammer is an interesting character to me yeah um he's like
2: if bruce wayne was iron man
0: exactly yeah. that's how i see him yeah. but also kind of like if Bruce Wayne was really like the Bruce Wayne that he shows to the public that's what I mean like yeah, a playboy douche yeah Bruce Wayne the was character of yep. Bruce Wayne right the character that he portrays so he's sort of like this spoiled brat playboy douchey guy yeah who just builds this crazy armor
1: yeah so uh, they go and uh, interrogate him because uh, they find that there's red paint under retro girls nails so mm-hmm. they're thinking that it's red metal paint from his uh, armor yep so they go and interrogate him, and they're basically like, oh, no, we
2: f-ed. But it's yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not just like uh, red paint. It's like a very super, super specific, specific type
1: of red paint. Right, mm. yeah, which was interesting, um, which I'm guessing is what the red paint is from. They don't really go into that. Mm, no, I think
0: you can make You'll, another inference, yeah. which we'll get to. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean we're in the, the spray paint. Second. Yeah, it's the chaotic, chaotic chic. chic. Chaotic chic spray paint on the
2: graffiti.
0: Oh, right, right. That was yeah. done with red spray paint. So okay, issue three,
2: yeah. also, you really get to see the power dampeners or drainer fields, as they call them. Uh, the police stations, they have these in the room so that that's when, the green light. When powers are there, they can't. Mm-hmm use their power yeah and i i've just always loved the coloring in that throughout the series because Mm. like it does set like this tone and it's like murky but you all when you see that color you know what's going on it
0: accomplishes one thing is that they never have to explain why the powers are like
1: Able to be held and stuff. Oh, yeah, well, when literally you see they that just green say, like,
2: light drainer field. Yeah. and you just did they know. explain
1: that in the comic? Because I don't with, remember with like
2: two sentences. Yeah, yeah I might by, by the name. I didn't know that. And then at the end, when uh we find out who killed Retro Girl, he mentions it because he made homemade ones, and Uh-oh. that's how he kept her from Killing overpowering him. Yeah. and yeah. was able to actually penetrate her skin.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that.
0: So uh, this issue is a lot of, like you guys said, interrogation. I I like this issue because this is the stuff that gets left out of a lot of detective stories. Yeah. This is like the flat foot stuff, like literally just hitting the ground, asking people questions. Yeah. And also it's juxtaposed with the horrible interrogation of Johnny Royale.
2: Yeah. And we haven't mentioned yet the other officer, Decker, who's trying to undermine them and like find out who killed retro girl first yeah well we find out that he
0: was walker's partner later on yeah
2: yeah. um Mm. but yeah he's like not
0: a good guy and a big time douche and he like um is constantly like belittling and being misogynistic towards pilgrim and stuff
1: yeah we also find out that um trip hammer gave (laughs) um christian walker a, a package to open up as well yep and um and uh, basically, it gets over. um, Where am I going with this? It
0: gets left in his cubicle. And right, Pilgrim and then, finds it. Yeah. Because, okay, as part of their interviews, they interview the criminal, the super criminal, the wolf, or wolf. Right. Yeah. In, who's in prison. And he basically has nothing to tell them. He just wanted to mess with them. Yeah. yeah. He's totally effing with them. But he does have a lot of familiarity with Walker that, again, makes pilgrim feel quite uncomfortable like what is this history you have right walker sort of brushes it off and says you know i've been working these cases for a long time i've run into these people we have history but pilgrim still like doesn't believe it the way that wolf talks to him yeah and uh so when this package shows up from Triphammer, pilgrim just can't contain her curiosity mm. she goes into walker's little cubicle and opens it up and what does she find, Jim?
1: She finds out that he was Diamond. Yeah,
0: she finds a picture uh, of a Diamond and Retro Girl. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's
1: Walker. He's. A, I have he's a hot a, take. Hot take? Let's hear it, baby. Should I put on my oven mitts? I wish he wasn't a superhero. I wish that this was just a detective story.
2: Okay, well, if you're talked into it, I think you're going to change your mind on that take.
1: I'm very sure of that happening, but when I first found that out, I'm like, I kind of wish that he was just like a regular guy.
2: I love talk me into because I love powers and I just Mm -hmm. recently read the end of it, but like would I have ever gone back and reread this. I don't know. Probably not just because (laughs) of time, but like I'm forced to now and it's so great and I'm like remembering things and I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to this now. What
0: I will say, Jim, to sort of calm your nerves is that. This isn't the sort of thing where it's just like, um, he had powers and he doesn't, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's something that is actually dealt with as part of like his character. Yeah. And it's something that he struggles with back and forth throughout the series. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um but I agree with you. It sort of feels I'm glad they didn't really confirm it until issue three. Yeah. So technically four. issue four. four yeah. Because um it's not a gimmick. In other words, right. if they had introduced this in issue one, I would have been like, okay, so the whole thing is that he's like secretly a superhero. Yeah. I also like that he doesn't currently have superpowers.
1: Yep. He's
2: he He's just strong, kind of, but he's not sure if it's because he's big.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's also kind of sad because like, especially the villains like totally make fun of him. Yep. It's like this worst kept secret. Everyone knows.
1: Everyone knows it.
0: He was like Superman
2: and now he has to be a cop. Yeah. Like it's super lame.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But, um, and I mean, what you're talking about is mostly issue five. Yeah. When you have that heart to heart when, uh, Walker and Pilgrim are on the roof. So and he's most talking of, about that. Most
0: of issue five, he's not talking to her. And she's sort right. of playing it off coyly, like giving him his space and stuff like that. But she's also saying, like, you know, when is this going to be over? When can we talk again? Like, you know, she thinks that this is just a temporary thing. And he's like, it's not going to be over. Transfer. And I was yeah. like, ooh, this, like, really hurts him. Yeah. So then we get Walker's sort of whole backstory. He finally cracks and, and she like says like, listen, I know we just met each other, but we're partners. I'm here with you for the long haul. You know, I respect your And She requested and to
2: be partners with him because yep, she heard about how out. good of a cop he is. Yeah. And not because he was a superhero. Right. Yeah. And then he just kind of tells her everything that happened. And uh, it's been four years without powers. And they had that double page splash where it was just like silhouettes. Re- yeah. Red boxes with silhouettes of him fighting uh, Zaz, Yeah. Zaz, mm. And it was just like text. It wasn't even like bubbles. It was just a, another great way to utilize comics to tell a story.
1: Yeah. Really good. Very uh, cool. And then uh, I'm guessing in the last issue episode or uh, issue six. Mm. Um is uh I don't remember so, exactly how they found So them.
0: issue five, um, Walker says, Listen, we've run down every possible lead. The only thing we have left is this spray painted graffiti right. this, yeah. Uh, yeah. uh chaotic chic. And so we're gonna have to go to the public with it. So he has a little press conference mm-hmm. and he's like, Listen, if you know anything about chaotic chic, blah blah blah. And they get a lot of like false leads and stuff, but one guy comes forward and says that he was a member of an online like chat community. Um he Called just, 4chan. Yeah. Which, yeah no. Basically. Uh, and was like against superheroes. Yeah. And he, he says that this one guy uh, sort of seemed to be taking it further than everyone else. I forget his name. Jeff, do you write his name down? It
2: was a three-name yeah, three name thing. Just
0: like something. John, John Jackson or something. Um, And he's like, uh, well, how are we going to find this guy? They raid his apartment. He's not there.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Walker and Pilgrim are on their way back to the station and they see Calista, uh, the little girl has, like, run out of the daycare facility yeah. at the at the police station yep. and is, like, standing in the middle of the road looking at something, like, in a trance. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? And they look at what she's looking, and it's the guy spray-painting yeah. chaotic, <laughs> chaotic cheek on sheet. the side of the police department. Yeah. Which I love because Dina had said earlier, like, in issue three, like, hey, this guy wants to get caught. He's making a statement. Right. He's, you know, we're going to catch him. And he literally was I like... I mean, you find out that's true eventually, like... Yeah. They interrogate. Well, usually you don't spray paint yeah, the side no. of a police department if you don't want to get caught.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is pretty funny. Um, and then from there, they have an interrogation, and it turns out that he wanted to kill Retro Girl because he wanted to keep the perfect image of Retro yeah, Girl. Yeah, to
2: immortalize her. Yeah. yeah,
1: which I was like... He's kind of right. And like, uh, <laughs> oh, and Jimmy, wow,
2: Jim. Well, it, he's also
0: kind of Mark David Chapman. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Is there
2: anybody that Jimmy really likes? <laughs> that's kind
1: of young. <laughs> we need to warn them. Oh no.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was weird components. There was a, a love
1: hate thing. Like he was obsessed it's with her. It's funny also that you brought up Mark David Chapman because he looked a lot like John Lennon. Yep. Did you notice yep. that? The and I one.
0: think there's definitely parallels. Like Jeff said, the three name thing, the famous like assassins with three. John names. Will Booth. Yeah. Right mark david Hunter Chapman. S Thompson. i don't know no. <laughs> this is a joke um i would there is another one who's the guy who killed kennedy i'm drawing a blank now yeah oh, lee harvey oswald yeah. yeah so yeah the three name thing is a thing yeah uh, sir han sir han sir han no just that's just two. <laughs> but he didn't really do that though that's a cover-up yeah it was mind control yeah. remember yeah um so anyways so they they have their guy and this is why i feel like this arc is less about who killed retro girl because mm-hmm. This feels really realistic. It wasn't some big. They interviewed all these superheroes and super criminals and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was just some guy, it was just some a dude. obsessed yep. lone gunman. Yeah. And this
2: is where you find out how power dampeners work. Yep. yep. And uh, now I get that now. And also, kind of like uh, Who Killed Kennedy, as he's being walked away in cuffs, Trip Hammer shows up. Some authority comes and decides to kill him before trial, disintegrate him. Yeah. And he's like, I wasn't going to let that.
0: Uh, circus of a trial. Yeah. Happen. And he, he would get exactly what he wanted. He would get fame and notoriety and stuff. Yeah. And uh, Trip Hammer just was like, he just spells it out. He's like, you're going to raid my home. You're not going to find anything. You'll never see me again. I'm never coming back to this country. Yep. Yeah. And that's pretty much what happens. Yeah. And uh, the big the big finale, well, maybe it doesn't seem big at the moment, but as Jeff was alluding to, mm-hmm. we have this strange conversation with Calista, uh at the end of issue six where... Uh, she says, um, uh, this happened just like my dream said it would.
2: Oh,
1: and right. Walker's
0: like, what dream? And he's like, oh, this nice lady came to me and said that, um, I don't know. You you get into it, Jeff. Yeah, you know it was, more about it, than it was
2: kind of just like Retro Girl is talking to her in her dreams about
0: That's what you kind of hear. But it also says that like, um, she's gonna find a home with Walker. They're gonna catch the guy, um, and that Callista has something inside of her to make her special to make her like. An important person mm.
2: and then at the end you have this beautiful splash page of people mourning uh, retro, retro girl, girl at a vigil yeah and they look up at the sky and you see two shadows fly by just like two heroes and yeah. is it well diamond doesn't have powers but like it's metaphorical like diamond and retro girl are together yeah, again notice that yeah. and um, yeah that also goes back to when they were interviewing that guy like retro girl her name harkens back and there have been retro girl figures throughout time they show like Cleopatra yeah Joan, Joan of, of Arc and Aphrodite <laughs>
0: okay i really want to say something right now that's going to be spoilery for the future of the comic so i probably shouldn't say it but all i'm going to say text me text me right now no no all i'm going to say is (laughs) if you're reading the comic or jim if you still have the comic look at those panels where the guy on powers that be is talking about joan of arc and cleopatra Mm -hmm. and then look back at uh the conversation between Callista and walker just, okay. just look at those. Wow. All
1: right. Mm. So Jim, any look final thoughts? Um final thoughts. I think that the art is amazing. I don't think it would hold um such a, a special place in yeah, a lot of nerds hearts if it wasn't um drawn that way. It's, it's very super stylized. stylized.
2: It's like almost Batman the animated series. I was just gonna say that for uh,
1: grown ups. Yeah. Uh it's, it's very so well good. done and obviously it contrasts with like the crush hard reality of the world.
2: And especially, like, there's violence in here, but moving forward, there's, like, bodies being torn apart. Oh, boy. There's a lot of graphic sexual scenes, and they're, like, it's so cartoony that it's just, like, you can't help but smile and giggle. (laughs) (laughs) so good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if, like,
0: I would say cartoony because that sort of intimates that it's going to have, like, some fun or, or humor to it. I would say, like simplistic. Yeah. Like everything is reduced down to its most basic shapes and like simple. Yeah, like he does a lot strokes. of stuff
2: with like silhouettes too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was shadows. reading in the special features, they talked about um um whatchamacallit? They talked about his approach to character design, uh, Michael Oming's approach to character design for this book. And he says that this was literally like um the whole look of the series was based on a poster he did for Brian Bendis's series Jinx. Mm. Right, which Bendis illustrated as well. Oh, Bendis did? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so anyways, Bendis loved the way Michael Oming did that. And that's sort of what the initial look of Powers was. Mm -hmm. But when they were communicating, especially on character designs, but also on backgrounds and stuff, Bendis kept saying less lines. So mm-hmm. like l- literally less details, less lines, just like make it like outlines and a couple. And if you look at Walker's face, it's basically just like a, a square, a, a big, yeah. broad square. There's like not a lot of like frown lines or details right. or anything. It's just like as simple as you could make it. Yeah. I love that. I love his shape, too. I love the way him and Pilgrim look next to each other. Mm-hmm. How She's like this little sharp angular thing. And they he's, remind like, me big block. of Brian yeah.
2: Posehn and Pat and Oswald standing next to each other.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's Jane Silent <laughs> Bob type thing. Yeah. 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 It's always good to have a skinny guy and a fat guy.
1: <laughs> cool. Um, but no, I really like the art. It it, it kind of harkens back to like some uh, Darwin Cook stuff and mm-hmm. um, stylized like that. Um, Jimmy, final push. It's yeah. over. It's true. There, it it's a over. complete story. We can't story. get the final
0: push yet. He hasn't talked about the writing, which I feel is a big component of this.
1: Um, I think the writing is good. I don't think it's great. Really? Um, oh wow. At I, least not with this first arc. Hmm. Um Do you mean plotting or dialogue or both? Uh probably plotting. Like it was a little predi- I wouldn't say predictable, but it's not like anything that blew me away. Right. Straight this is forward. a
2: this is a setup. Yeah. Like as good as it it, if like. if you like this, it only gets better. This yeah. this is the foundation for deep and rich lore moving forward this Mm. this series goes places you can't even imagine (laughs) even as a comic book fan it's crazy where it goes and even like as these issues were coming out there was some stuff that i read and i was just like holy shit or like Like why they knew all the
0: way back in issue one where they were going everything
2: Mm -hmm. it's just so well crafted and it's so tight and there's no loose strings ever Everything just follows through. And even if it goes in this weird direction, it makes sense.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. So even though I, I agree with you that the plot was sort of standard, I think his um dialogue and stuff
1: really shines. through. I will agree with that. I think a lot of the dial- dialogue was great. It did feel like a lot like what those uh police pr- procedurals are like, mm. like a really good one. Like yeah. you were and talking his about style before. of writing
2: it. It became popular and mainstream when he took over, like, Avengers eventually. Mm. Well, but, very famous. But really, Ultimate Spider-Man came out, like, a year after this. And that's kind of what revitalized Spider-Man and created the Ultimate Universe, which, in turn, yep. the Marvel Cinematic Universe is based off of. Yep. Very famously,
0: he also ripped off his own idea for issue three, the interrogation single panels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in New Avengers. He did it often. Yeah. But there's mm-hmm. an entire issue of New Avengers. That's only those Interviews, square panels right? and I've heard that. pissed off a lot of mainstream fanboys. Yeah.
2: It's like a whole
0: issue of just talking.
2: And he, Thanks, made, ben. he made Hawkeye a, a D bag, too. That yeah. was great. Oh, yeah wow so jeff you have a final push yeah it's just it's a contained story like yeah you read six issues there's maybe like 90 ish all together okay um but it's it's such a solid superhero story yeah and it's it's just really fun it has these crazy ideas Um, And it never gets convoluted and it's consistent. It's the same writer, the same artist. I think they switch colors to Nick Filardi, if I'm not mistaken. And maybe letterers, too. Um, The letters do change. I was going to bring that up, but I figured it wouldn't. Um, I like the letters in this a lot more than what they become. Mm. They become more just like standard comic bookie. But to me, the letters in this series have a lot more character. Mm i have a final push
1: okay it's
0: also kind of a knock against powers okay but it's beneficial to you which is and i think i speak for jeff when i say that the worst thing about powers is its distribution and its release schedule yeah it was it was real bad when you're a fan fan of powers at the time that it was being released uh it was never on time i remember that
2: it was always late and then there would be like three month gaps between issues sometimes it'd come out like The next week and there was also like blatant Lying not
0: like they meant to lie (laughs) but like They were well intentioned but could never live up to it So there would also be things like watch for this conclusion coming up next month. And then it would never happen. And they would like (laughs) relaunch
2: and renumber. They changed companies. Well, they went from image to icon, which is where it stayed. They did some reboots in icon, which when it was coming out was super frustrating because it would get to like issue eight and then renumbered issue one for no reason. Right. But when they switched over to icon, which is a Marvel imprint, because Bendis had a a deal with Marvel, but Mm I kind of still creator owned. Um, You would think with the power of Marvel, you can print things on time and get things done <laughs> mm-hmm. when with bendis's stature later on when right. he was marvel um it just <laughs> well and also they don't forget
0: they they have like 3 volumes of powers and then in the middle they also tried to rebrand as
2: powers bureau Bureau, but it continued the same story and then i believe when i stopped reading comics in general they switched back over to powers so the reason why this is a push for you is because now (laughs) it's it's
0: so much easier (laughs) yeah it's just collected just go on wikipedia and like find out what you should read
2: in what order order or like borrow them from me like i'm buying the bulk bulk of it is volumes one and two there's 30 something issues each and then there's like three volumes of like eight to 12 issues yeah and then the the finale is A graphic novel with the two issues, two last issues compiled, which never were, and then just the rest of it is like a story arc. Yeah,
1: this is all going to be really funny if I wasn't talked into it. (laughs) Well, this is push. Yeah, "Yeah, we're pushing. And
0: uh, honestly, there's really no doubt that you're talked into it. Uh, Yeah, very good,
2: Jeff. You ask him. This is your Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Did Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Avon oming those three named murderers of the genre, talk you into powers?
1: nah yeah i hate when
2: he does that dan it's not even funny yeah just say yes just make me happy it's (laughs) a foregone conclusion it's good
1: it was really good yeah Yeah. um i'm i'm not like yeah i gotta read it all right now but it's definitely going to be read very
0: cool what if i was to tell you that this series will go on to span the history of man's creation and downfall
1: (laughs) and future yeah cool (laughs) cool very cool very interesting. read it yeah, <laughs> I definitely do want to read that. Yeah, no, it's really good. I was heavily enjoying it. Actually, I might even read it through like the Kindle apps because yeah, it was yeah. really easy. And it's probably uh, I like how reasonably
0: it it. affordable, I would imagine, too, because it's an older series. Yeah, it was like six bucks, I think, from the Kindle yeah, app. Yeah, that's not bad for the, for the first start. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. I mean, you'd pay like probably 12 for the trade paperback. Yeah. Or
1: another weird thing is this was like not available when I was going to read it for some reason on amazon it like wasn't on prime it wasn't uh the
2: the actual physical copy yeah i think
1: yeah the trades yeah
2: you you can get them if you want to read them well
0: listeners like that's sort of another frustrating thing is like the release of even the collections are a mess they like did trades one way then they reprinted them they collected them multiple ways
1: yeah
2: it's all over the place but you can you can get to them yeah okie dokie listener people so some inside baseball behind the scenes. We're recording a crap load of episodes every time we record because uh, I'm having a child that I will have to care for and make sure that they are healthy and, and alive. She. Yeah, but maybe it doesn't matter. I said they that encompasses yeah the baby
0: as a oh whole. I was just meant that for the audience, the baby's you gender know, not conforming, Dan. Oh, already you've decided that for. Yeah, her? I don't
2: know. I mean, I've said that or she's then, a girl before. Yeah, doesn't, whatever. So the point is, is that. I may or may not be on next week's episode, Oh, which is Euphoria. Oh, that's right. And then I may or may not be on multiple episodes (laughs) after that, because our schedule's weird.
0: Yes. But Jimmy. Yes. I am going to talk you into season one of Euphoria. Yes. I haven't decided what episodes we're going to watch yet. They'll (laughs) be in the show notes. Yeah. You've not seen the show, right?
1: I have not seen the show, but I've heard you talk about it a lot.
0: Yeah, it's very good. It's on
1: HBO. I think we've actually decided Jeff's not going to be on this episode. I yeah, because be Jeff, first, what's, I don't know. what's
2: your history with Euphoria? I've watched it. It's enjoyable. I have no takes. I don't care. If That's it wasn't for this
0: podcast, you
2: wouldn't be out there talking people into Euphoria. No, but like I've seen it. Yeah. It well, was fine. I, I, I have talked it. people
0: into Euphoria, so I wanted to do this. All right. And I'm also very excited that there's uh two standalone episodes coming out mm-hmm. uh, because of the gap due to COVID. I guess they already had some stuff filmed enough to put together, like, a couple specials. So, are Euphoria episodes going to coincide with the first of those standalone episodes? Because it's going to be very much in In the the cultural cultural zeitgeist. zeitgeist. That's right, Jimmy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So, who knows if Jeff's going to be here or not? We'll find out. Yeah. But but I'm going to talk you into Euphoria. I think you're going to like it. Starring Zendaya.
1: I do love me some some, uh, Zendaya. And Sydney Sweeney. Yeah.
2: In her Tatas.
0: And
1: uh, Hunter Schaefer, who I almost called Hunter
0: Biden, which would have been interesting.
2: Where's your briefcase, bro? You leave it at the train station? This is going to be real funny for when Trump wins. Yeah.
1: Great. Uh,
0: uh, so, yeah, Jimmy, mm-hmm. check out the episodes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one. All right. In the meantime, Jeff. Yeah. Where can people find the podcast?
2: People can find the podcast on TalkMeInto.com. We got a Patreon.com slash TalkMeInto. We're on the YouTubes. That's both of them what's the second one you find out you little weirdo we are on twitter at talk me into we're on instagram at talk me into pod that's where we do most of our interacting i believe with people so follow us there it's super fun everybody we go live sometimes uh yeah dan where can people find you on the internet
0: you can find me on twitter under the name danny underscore breakdown and check out my band old dogs that's old with an e jimmy
1: yeah how about you you can find me at son of a fitch s-o-n-n-e-b-a-f-i-t-c-h on twitter instagram and youtube check me out on all those places jeff where can people find you
2: people can find me on twitter at jeffffff 27 that's jeff with five f's and number 27 thank you for listening to talking into what will they talk you into next euphoria
0: not to be confused with the amazon prime series utopia
2: not to be confused with the disney film zootopia
1: not to be confused with the feeling euphoria
2: not to be confused with the coca-cola beverage from the early 2000s fruitopia
1: Which one are we doing now? Powers. We recording? Yes. It's
2: got up to ninety-seven issues. Why would they not just put a couple more out? The boys are on a weird number too. Yeah, it was like eighty-six or seven or something. Oh yeah.
0: I don't have any details on this. I do. We don't. We don't
2: really need crazy details. Are you scored? Mm-hmm. You should have a hard candy. I hate. I hate this. We get quiet. Dan asks if he's recording. Jimmy says yes. And I just hear the clanging of Werther's originals against your teeth. It's not just me. Your tooths. I'm away from the mic. This is like people hate this, right? This is disgusting. The podcast Ev- in general. Yeah. 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 Every single episode has eating in the microphone. Like every now and then I'll listen to a podcast where for like 10 seconds, it's a joke. And then it's never brought up again. Every single episode. He bullied throughout. you into chewing it. <laughs> I hate this so much nobody want you know what's them, funny though funny like obviously it's become sort of
0: like a meme that people hate the sound of chewing on podcasts we've never once got one comment or one negative.
2: no but video. i mean it, if you have a trillion people listening which we do yeah and if three reply only three reply there's a lot of other people that might hear it tune out and then never listen you're just again. quoting that essay that you sent us yeah, now i am <laughs> no i've always said that i just thought it was funny yeah all right dan start this and then people maybe people just skip to the end of the episode to hear chewing maybe it's like the they other they way they it, get dude. off i don't know wait what are we doing powers or powers. powers powers power power
1: i don't know if you guys remember that but from the first episode of dungeons and daddy uh henry oak's kids were punching a tree saying power i don't remember that <laughs> I remember that because it got brought up in a recent episode. I met uh, <clears throat> Power.
2: All right, Jimmy, why don't you bring us any?